Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming in from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area, and I'm coming in with a fair amount of echo. Ah, cool. Hopefully that will resolve itself. We'll have to see. I don't know what the deal is. It's 2024, and the audio has just decided to explode. Um, We were having what's actually in the audio world known as a heartbeat on the microphone for the last 10 minutes, which is why we started a little bit Uh late. Um, It's just what happens when you have a whole bunch of things hooked up and you randomly hear just this weird pulsy heartbeat, which is great because it's like the telltale heart, (laughs) except it's in your headphones. Um, You know, when you just wonder if the people that you've killed have now been living in your floor, it's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. Um, Yeah. It's just, (laughs) it's just a horror story. Who cares? But um, we are up on Rumble. We've got the chat up. Everything's going um, swimmingly, uh, hopefully. Right. And there's a, so much to talk about because we took a little bit of a break around the um, around is. the holidays. Somewhat of like an unintended break because, um, you know, we, we did people visiting, people traveling. You had your internet explode and nobody wanted to help you. Did. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I, li- I like that when you were having internet issues, the debate was, is it the wiring in the building? Is there something wrong with the modem? Or is it that the bums stole the copper from the transmission lines underneath the bridge? Well, the fun fact is I did have to worry about that because yeah. I was I didn't have internet at, my, at where I lived for three weeks. And I kept trying everything I could. Of course, the... Tech support now is just a chat that I'm pretty sure I was just chatting with a robot the most of the time that just basically said, have you tried resetting the router? Like, oh, yes, I have. Uh, and so I was process of deduction. I was like, well, it's not my system. I'm trying everything I can. And then I found out that last, I believe it was last year, potentially the year before, an entire neighborhood of Seattle lost all internet and phone because... Uh, For those of you that don't know, Seattle is separated by a lot of water, so there's a lot of bridges and things that go around. Well, along the bridges, they ran fiber bundles that would would serve the internet and phone for entire sections of the city. And some homeless people, because they live under the bridges, climbed up there to steal all the wiring for the copper and sliced through a bunch of the fiber bundles, rendering an entire section of the city without internet or phone. Twice. Because they replaced it all, they didn't force all the homeless people to move, and then they just went up there and took all the copper again, slicing through the newly installed cables. Hey, could you guys please not kill our infrastructure? Nah, I need crack. Um. Like, oh, well, he's just otherly housed, so he really does need that crack. Alternatively housed. Um. <laughs> it's all so dumb. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's, it's, it's really ridiculous. I, I hate it so much. Because we've been gone for so long, we have to do the speed round of what has happened since uh, <laughs> since we've been gone. And um, <laughs> it's going to be, oh, it's a doozy. <laughs> I like that I said that with a very right. good Midwestern accent. All right. So <clears throat> we're, we're going to have to start off with the, the number one, the biggest thing that the um, chat, our Discord, uh, some of our Discord members were mostly concerned about. In fact, I would say somewhat obsessed with over the holidays, uh, and that is... There's gay porn being filmed in the Senate chambers. Ugh. In the uh, in the Temple of Democracy, I've been told 
There are interns. I'm not in the temple of democracy. <laughs> there are. Uh, there's gay porn being filmed. The and, temple and, of democracy is being sullied by sodomy. Oh, God. <laughs> well, and, you know, the really funny part about that whole situation is, is n- number one, um, not only was this staffer just, like, super blatant about it, but it it's, like, not the only person. Uh, we, we haven't received much more information on this uh, since it happened, but there were definitely a lot of claims that's like, oh, yeah, this isn't the, the only person who's done this. So, interesting, but <clears throat> aside from getting into the person, the senator, I mean, obviously it was a Democrat senator who's, like, super very flamboyantly gay staffer was super and flamboyantly gaily uh, explaining that they're a Senate staffer and that they're banging somebody in the Senate chamber with no shame whatsoever. And I think, aside from the action that was happening... That's just part of their culture, okay? I don't know how he can be so insensitive. It's it's fascinating because I would say that what's more newsworthy than just the event itself was the extreme arrogance around this staffer. Because this guy didn't think that it was basically didn't think it was going to be a problem. Like, what's what's the big deal? I'm just reserving a room in the Senate chamber. Uh and then filming myself having sex in it with uh, another random person who I've heard is like a foreign agent. So, but you know, Hey, whatever. Uh, And I'm just going to blatantly like post this stuff online all over the place. Like, uh, and I'm not talking about like, Oh, on, on his like gay, you know, gay Democrat staffer only fans page or something like that. No, like Instagram, like just, blatant and out there. And the reason why I say that that's newsworthy is this is somebody who works on the staff of a senator. And we all have to accept the fact that senators by and large are just super old people. And we all have older relatives. We all probably just visited our older relatives and like Ma or Pa trying to use the internet is probably a hilarious and frustrating experience sometimes. Because you have to sit there and be like, oh, so what do, what do you guys do? And they're like, Watson X, I'm scared. Is Elon Musk bad? Like any of that, right? It's it's a meme. Uh, it, it is a meme, the idea of older people not really understanding how to use basic things like getting on social media or just doing anything that we all know how to do. So that's a meme. Well, why would any of our old 70, what is the average age is like 73. Why would any of these old senators be any more in tune with regular life than our own relatives, meaning that they're older people who are kind of detached, like the older people that we have in our lives that just don't seem to really get it, right? Well, one of the ways that they get that information is through their staff. They ask their staff questions, their staff goes out, they do the research, they help them with bills, they do a lot of things. Like, like, if we're just going to be honest here, this is something I've harped on a lot when I talk about the consultant class and things like that. These young people, so someone like this guy, is in all likelihood the person who can control what information gets to a senator. 
They're not like well-paid people, but they are in a position where they can influence power easily because you're a young kid who basically briefs a senator and tells them what's going on in the world and tells them what they should be focused on, what news stories they need to read. And I want people to kind of think about how dangerous that kind of that that really is. Number one, the arrogance of this staffer shows that that's exactly where that person believes they were sitting. I can do whatever I want. I tell a senator what he needs to be worried about. I don't nobody like I can do whatever I want. But then think about that kind of group and community of people that live in Washington, D.C. are basically insane children. And honestly, that's the pool of staffers and interns that our entire uh, government has to choose from. Right. Republican and Democrat. So it's... It is simply a matter of coincidence that this guy, this gay staffer that was getting banged in the Senate chambers, just happened to work for a Democrat. But how many Republicans also just have gay staffers? You're living in Washington, D.C., which is a very liberal city on the East Coast, which is a very liberal area. And the pool of people you have to draw from to be your interns and assistants are going to highly – there's going to be a lot of people – of the similar liberal political bent anywhere in there. And a lot of them are looking for careers in politics and whether they work for a Republican or Democrat, it is going to help their career in working in politics. Mm -hmm. It's like if someone said, Oh, I was a staffer for this Republican, that's going to look better on a resume than I wasn't a staffer at all. Well, so a lot of them, a lot of people that are probably very liberal work for, a lot of Republicans because it's how you rise up in the ranks in that world. Well, and, and a secondary note to that is I, I believe the only thing that would limit that is self-selection. I don't want to work for that guy. Yeah, It's right. not a, because show me, show me the Republican Senator who said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hire you because I'm pretty sure you're too liberal. This probably has not happened. You're too gay. Yeah, you're too gay to work here. Like that. That's certainly if that happened, we would all know about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I would mean? almost be. I would almost be shocked if there wasn't Republicans that were going. I have to. I got an applicant for a gay, black, transgender, whatever staffer. If I, th- there is a non-zero chance that this application is simply a manipulative political tool by a Democrat to try and destroy my reputation. So I have to hire this person. What was it? Um, like, so, sorry, that there was a TPUSA yeah. thing years ago where it was, uh, what was it? Charlie Kirk was like, it's okay, guys. This is like a black gay disabled veteran. Yeah. It was like, don't take my word for it. Next up to like identity politics is bad. Next up on the podium, a black gay, a black gay veteran will tell you how bad identity politics is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Sorry, that's immediately where my mind went. <laughs> was like, <laughs> yeah, don't take my word for it. Here's this black gay uh, veteran. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, black gay veteran that proves we're not racist, so no one can say that. If they <clears throat> want to try and attack us, they have to attack us on our arguments. But that's the... Um, so uh, that's, that's really kind of the... The the total uh, uh, when it comes to that is 
you know, it's it's actually unsurprising how arrogant the staffer was because they think they run Washington, D.C. And they're also they're surrounded by people in the Senate that think that they run the world. So, you know, it's it's well, not the shocking. Thing is they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like if this guy thinks he can basically operate without coin, um, without any sort of oversight, well, he's not wrong. Like how many of these guys would say get pulled over in a traffic stop and go, uh, I actually work for Senator so and so. Like, um, like if if this if this guy was confronted by say security at the building, like, hey, what are you doing in here? Are you having gay sex in this room? Do you think he would go? Listen, I work for Senator so and so. You need to look the other way. Do you know who uh, I am? And again, this if this guy is doing this this cavalier, mm-hmm. it's either a not the first time he's done it, or b it's just happens all the time. How many other staffers are doing this? How many senators are doing this? How many people are going, listen, like, how many people are picking up chicks and, I guess, or dudes and saying, listen, I can get you into the Senate chambers. Like, well, and you it, should go on a date. <laughs> well, and it, it also shows the ridiculousness of this claim of, you know, everyone's supposed to believe that this stuff is extremely secure. And it's just not. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just not. Like, it's a lie. If I was a if I was a member of the Chinese intelligence service, I <laughs> would probably do exactly this. Like, you yeah, mean, no, no, we should go see the 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 Senate chamber. Oh, that'd be so hot. You mean that'd like Fang so Fang? Sexy if you took me there. Yeah. Would you be surprised like, to find oh, out that oopsies, Eric Swallow? I planted a bug underneath the seat of this senator on the Defense Appropriations Committee. Yeah. Would it surprise you to find out that Eric Swalwell maybe banged Fang Fang in you know one of the chambers because he just because apparently you could just do that. I would not be shocked. I would actually be shocked if that didn't happen. Right. Like, take me into the skiff. That sounds hot. Oh, wow. Is this where the intelligence is stored? Oh, my gosh. You're so attractive. <laughs> I'll let you do butt stuff. Yeah. No, I, I, it, it's, it just goes to show that the people in Washington that are telling us, like, how... Everyone that pretty much anyone that says our democracy unironically <laughs> is doing things like this because and they're all uh, as sad as it is. They're all hypocrites who just use that nonsense to try and convince us of things that we normally should abhor. And it's like all of Washington's not serious. These people are just terrible. And, you know, to um there's obviously a lot of court stuff that also happened. We'll, <clears throat> we'll get to the Epstein stuff in a second. But something that slid out during the holidays when a lot of people were busy and not watching the news is the fact that Biden's Department of Justice dropped the campaign finance charges against Sam Bankman Freed. So oh, good. You all probably remember so- that name as being the guy who was not going to go to jail, but then finally actually did end up going to jail for fleecing a whole bunch of people in a basically cryptocurrency scam. Um, yep. And at first he wasn't oh, going to I- really get in any <laughs> trouble because he was a major Democrat donor. In fact, his mother is one of the largest uh, Democrat like fundraisers uh, in the country. And he mm-hmm. was donating an ass load of money to Democrats in 2020 to include uh, Joe Biden, as well as basically every Democrat senator you can think of. But definitely they were fleecing money through Ukrainian sources. So that is another connection there. Right. And 
all of that information, like the DOJ, uh, Sam Bankman Freed's already going to jail because there was enough outcry that they were like, all right, fine. So he's going to jail. But hilariously enough, the DOJ dropped its investigation into campaign finance because, well, it would affect all the Democrats because the guy was a Democrat and was funding exclusively Democrats and names of senators and what they knew and who they knew and all of that would come out. And it was just, you know, the DOJ is like, ah, you know, ah, he's already going to jail. Why? We don't really need to look into this. And it's like, really? Is it that or is it the fact that um, your entire political party would be exposed taking money from basically knowingly taking dirty money? Yeah. And of course they would. But but, you know, we need to worry about we need to worry about Donald Trump's like business accounting and what he wrote certain like purchases about and and whether or not he uh you know it, whether or not he was paying his income taxes that was that was something that we had to do for the integrity and ethics of democracy we had to do those things but right. we don't need to give a shit about who sam bankman freed was fleecing and financing with billions of dollars okay yeah so big big shock there uh the democrats are not going to investigate uh, campaign finance Democrats. violations <laughs> like yeah actually it would have been better if it was the doj investigated itself and found it did nothing wrong <laughs> which is always my favorite that's uh continually my favorite part so that that was another um that was another thing that happened over over the uh over the break uh, now, understand, because much like what happens when there's like a Friday night press release, well, there's also holiday press releases, you know, the things that they push out uh, that they hope nobody notices. And um, <clears throat> certainly another one of of those that are, well, I don't want to say that came out, but it was something that actually got a lot of people back onto the Internet and everything was the Secretary of State of Maine just removing Donald Trump from the ballot and saying like, yeah, I can do it. He, uh, he did an insurrection and this was an interesting situation in my opinion, because a lot of people came out and uh, what, what we saw was a lot of people on the right say, uh, this isn't even going to survive in the court. And that's a very true statement, right? Right. But it, bothered me still even though like i totally get yeah. it a lot of people were like oh no it's it's not going to survive in the court like she doesn't even have the power to do that like it's a federal election there there's a lot of absolutely rational arguments as to why this wasn't going to survive in the court and i get it right but at the same time like that's all we have we just have to hope like we just have to hope that and, and by the way, the, the response is it won't survive in the Supreme Court, which generally, unless there's some sort of extenuating circumstance or something very specific, the Supreme Court's never the first court. Mm -hmm. That means that everyone already discounted any other court. Like, ah, I won't survive the Supreme Court. So we have to like wait because it has to go to the appellate court, the district court it has to go through all of the, you know, the circuit court it has to go through all of these things. But it'll be okay because one, once it gets to SCOTUS, they'll throw it out. Because be, And we all know why, right? They're all saying it's not going to survive the courts because it's a conservative court. They're not right. saying it because it's, quote, the Supreme Court. That's not why. The statement isn't, oh, it will survive because 
the Supreme Court will interpret the Constitution appropriately. No, 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 no. It's It won't survive the current Supreme Court. But what happens yes, if the current... Yes, and that I think is a very noticeable thing. Yeah, what happens if... It won't survive the, the current Supreme Court. It's like, well, yeah, but exactly. What if the Supreme Court was made up of a bunch of liberals? Then yeah. things like this, which absolutely violate the core concepts of democracy and the and the Constitution, like the things that... The things that we pride ourselves on as America, actions like this totally violate. It's like, nope, the government should be able to tell you who you can and can't vote for. And right. the only way that that is going to survive is because you just happen to have people of your ideology sitting on the on the highest court in the land. And so, if that changes, well, then the Constitution is not going to protect you and the, and the only thing left is armed insurrection. You're like, oh, great. What a wonderful scenario we find ourselves in. And I'm so excited it'll get thrown out in the courts. But the simple fact that anyone's doing this means that we are essentially in a nation at war with itself, ruled by traitors. And well, I don't really feel comfortable with that situation, even though these things will get thrown out in the courts. Well, in, in um, HDR Cynical shared a, uh, uh, shared a link on our uh, chat on Rumble, which I understand, and it's he, he says main legislators aren't waiting for the courts. Well, and the the Good. thing here is that the uh, Secretary of State faces impeachment over decision to disqualify Good. Trump. Well, yeah, hold on, <laughs> Why is hold that on. Why is that bad? Why would I want these people in power? Uh, so, so she fa- what's what's an impeachment, Alan? I don't know. You tell me. It's a, a bunch of uh, so the state representatives are going to vote on whether or not to impeach the Secretary of State, and then it will go to the state sure. senators, and they'll vote on whether or not to impeach the Secretary of State. So, oh, okay. yeah. So a Republican in Maine says, "I'm going to file articles of impeachment," and the dominated Democrat State House is not going to vote to impeach her. The Democrat-dominated state Senate is not going to vote to impeach her, and they will face zero consequences from the Democrat governor of Maine. I see. Okay. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, it, it's great. Some a Republican, the Republican Party, who's in an absolutely severe minority in the state of Maine, is going. I'm going to impeach you, and then nobody takes up the vote or if they do they just go nah <laughs> like yeah. i don't i don't have a whole lot of faith that they're going that the democrats are going to impeach somebody for doing the most democrat party thing possible which is being deranged over trump unless i'm wrong maybe maybe something's changed and there are a bunch of democrats in maine that are like come on this is too far uh, but i i very highly doubt it mhm so it's I not going to happen. Would be suspicious as well. Yeah, it's a dominant Democrat. Like they, they have all houses. They have the entire government. The entire state government of Maine is the Democrat Party. So no, they're not going to implicate themselves at all. And why would they? Like who's right? What what possible uh, retribution do they face in a Democrat dominated state? It's going to be like, oh yeah, get Trump. He's bad, because we all, talk, you know, we all listen to the same shit. So I just, um, you know, well, and I, I, 
one of the points HDR Cynical here is making is like, even if you can't win, you should annoy and make the case. No, I, I understand that. Well, that's it's a very just, good. I think it's a good point. Yeah. I think, you, I think you should at least try all the political avenues possible. 100%. Yeah, you shouldn't the- not do it. <laughs> that makes you look weak and dumb. So you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're not going to impeach her. That's not going to happen. It's not going to it's not going to go through is what you're saying. Exactly. Well, yeah. She's not going to be impeached. She'll go through the trial, perhaps, if it even hits the floor. I don't even think it hits the floor, which does make Democrats look bad. 100% it does. Um, You know, it is... Because she does something that is blatantly... Now, when I say looks bad, it looks bad nationally. In the state of Maine, no idea. No idea how that's going to turn out. Are a bunch of Maine voters going to suddenly vote Republican because the Secretary of State tried to take big bad man Trump off the ballot? No, probably not. Why would they? Or, to be fair, it is possible that in very highly... um. Democrat states, I do think that there's a lot of Republicans that are like, why would I even go vote? Like, why waste your time, right? Sure. Maybe there would be an insurgence of those people being like, I don't care. I need to at least try. And maybe we might see some shakeups. We did see that in 2016, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, areas that everyone mm-hmm. was like, it'll be blue. It's fine. And then they weren't. So you never know. So they should always try is the point I'm trying to make here. They should always try. That's not wrong. It's just, I don't, what I don't like is the idea that we have to rely on a court and only because that court is currently conservative. That's the one argument we have. And the reason why I say that, the reason why it bothers me is for anybody who holds the constitution as being sacrosanct, which is the majority of conservatives and Republicans in this country believe that the constitution is what makes us special. And it is the founding document that makes America as great as it is. The problem is, is that when there's basically zero recourse to just not giving a shit about the constitution, we have a very big problem because what, and this is kind of an honest question. What is there, what benefit is there for me to care about the constitution when it never seems to work on my behalf? And what I mean by that is Democrats can just ignore it. And then the court goes, Hey, you can't do that. And the Democrats go, ah, shucks. And then they go back to the drawing board with those legal arguments and they figure out another way, or they try to, you know, expand the court or they do what the hell ever, because what doesn't happen is it's technically not against the law. Quotey fingers. It's not a criminal act is what I mean. It's not a criminal act to violate the constitution. Yeah. Like this secretary of state in Maine has violated the constitution and will face at worst some annoyance. And I think that's really the problem. The problem is that it's not that, people will try to violate the Constitution and all of these things. It's the fact that there is no accountability for them when they do. And that account of, uh, that lack of accountability is because we're in a nation that's at war with itself. And until we solve that problem, we will always be at the mercy of these lawfare issues that come up exactly like this. I mean, it, t- like today, it's they're taking Trump off the ballot. I know there's a bunch of things where, well, all guns are now illegal. And technically, yeah, that violates the Constitution, but you're just going to have to sit and wait and hope that it happens to go through the courts and hope that you get 
have conservative justices on the Supreme Court who happen to like the Constitution and are not actively trying to undermine it. Because that's really the, I mean, that's really the problem. The problem is we are stuck in a nation with a ton of people that don't like the Constitution because they see the Constitution as protecting their political enemies, and so they are willing and putting forth effort to undermine it in every way they can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And until we solve that problem, that's the core underlying issue. Everything else is just window dressing. The core underlying issue is that we're in a nation at war with itself. Right. And until we solve that issue, or at the very least generate a parallel system that is able to project power just like liberals do and to protect us from their encroachment there's nothing else that we're we will always just be stuck on the back foot with these fights right like, we need it, it it's the only way forward is to have a movement that everybody become that is so as fanatical as the liberals to force the liberals to try and be conservative to conserve the liberal things that the gains that they've made and until they're put on that back foot, we're essentially at their mercy. Yeah. And, and now, from the optimistic side of this, because there is one, um, is you know, there, there's been there's been a lot of um, insanity and posturing and mm -hmm. dumb statements being made because we're in a primary season, which I hate. Of course. But, yeah. And with that, one of the popular statements that's made by other campaigns when it comes to Donald Trump is, well, Democrats actually really want Donald Trump because they know they could just beat him, um, which is a dog shit lazy answer. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, yeah. I'm skeptical of that. You're, you're skeptical of that, that statement? Or skeptical that yeah. it's a dog shit answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm skeptical they could. I'm skeptical they could beat him, and I'm skeptical that they actually want him on the ballot. Oh right, right. Now I think it's. I think it's lazy. It's lazy. Second place, third place trophy. No, it's, it's, it's things that like people that don't like Trump say that as a way to try and manipulate you into accepting someone that's not Trump. Right. It's not an argument for or against anything. Just like, well, see, like your enemy wants this guy there. Yeah. Okay, well, they're retarded, so <laughs> why would I change? Why would I advocate for something different of what we're doing just because of what they want? Right. It's like you, you, you're essentially alleging that there's this conspiracy among liberals to get Donald Trump on the ballot because secretly they know they can beat him. Yeah. Well, and I don't really. And the, then the question is well, and what that is trying to do, because you're saying, well, liberals want this guy, you're trying to avoid the argument of, could they actually beat him and could he actually win? Because you're saying the enemy wants this guy, so you have to just refute him and disavow him. It's a manipulative, underhanded tactic that I think, I hope a lot of people see for what it is. So, I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, Lethbridge, who, by the way, is one mm -hmm. of our Australian listeners, uh, said, uh, having, co having come from, or sorry, formerly Australian, I believe he lives in like Texas now. Mm. Having come from a country without a without constitutional rights and freedoms, uh, Australia, um, it shots me to no end to see citizens here allowing politicians to get away with treating the Constitution like a piece of toilet paper. Yep. Yeah. Shocks I mean, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like the so the 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 whole thing here. Um, I just. I think that that's a good statement and it is, it is shocking yeah. and, and people are upset and they're right to be upset. And it's not like nothing is going to happen. This, 
politics is constantly a war of opinion. And and that is the thing. And, and one thing that we, we, we should be more gracious in 2024, we should be a little bit happier, I think, if we want to talk about show New Year's resolutions, is I want this to be this is an informative show and we talk a lot mm -hmm. about things, but I want people to be happy and I want people to laugh. It's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Stuff's bad, but that doesn't mean we can't laugh about it and still fight at the same time. It's the whole happy warrior concept that Andrew Breitbart always put forward. And the reason why he said that was people don't want to listen to doom and gloom all day, but you can still get the exact same amount of information out without having to always constantly be like, it's over, we're dead, there's no point. And like I said, I don't, I'm not saying that those opinions aren't valid sometimes. Um, it's valid to get blackpilled sometimes because like stuff is just, it's, in, we would like to think that our countrymen, our fellow countrymen would look at certain things and just be like, this is insanity. We can't let this continue like this. This is all bad. And everyone would go, yeah, you're right. And we would just move on with our lives. But then there's people that don't do that. And you're like, why are you allowed to be here? How come your vote counts as much as mine? Like that can get very depressing. But the optimism that I was talking about, for example, is even though we have campaigns that are trying to claim there's this massive conspiracy by Democrats and by other people in the um, in the primary to get Trump on the ballot so really secretly Democrats can win, this proves that's not true because they're literally trying to remove the guy from the ballot. You know, we're supposed to believe that Democrats really want Trump because he's so easily beatable. They want him so bad that they're removing him from the ballot in methods that are kind of psychotic. Like the reason part of part of the reason why we don't really know what to do about this is because nobody ever thought that a political party would be so craven for power that they would blatantly try to remove a political opponent from a ballot. <laughs> Right. And, but they are. And so here's the real question. Why? Why is Maine? Think about that for a second, Alan. I just described the political landscape of Maine. But the Secretary of State of Maine wants Donald Trump removed from the ballot in Maine. Does that suggest that there might be a threat in Maine? Um, potentially, although the, uh, what I were in, they, so they also did this in Colorado where the Supreme court of Colorado just ruled, well, Trump can't be on the ballot. And of course, everyone said the same thing of, well, oh, this got thrown out of court. It's immediately stayed. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I think one of the things that needs to be considered is how these states, Colorado and Maine, which both have become very liberal, at least Maine maybe always was, but Colorado has become very liberal in the last 10 years due to demographic change, that they've changed their voting system after 2016 in reaction to Trump getting elected. Colorado joined something which was like the National Popular Vote Voters Compact, which is a collection of states who've all pledged because Trump, because Hillary Clinton, quote, got more votes. And in, after 2016, Colorado joined a bunch of other liberal states that pledged and signed in legislation that said all of the votes of our state go to whoever wins the national popular vote. So it doesn't matter how you vote in Colorado. It doesn't matter what Coloradans want. What matters is, for a president, what matters is what the national popular vote is. 
So if you can keep Trump off the ballot in Colorado, maybe he's like maybe he was always going to lose Colorado. But if he's off the ballot, there's that many fewer popular votes that could go to his greater tally, which you've now legislatively painted yourself into a corner about. Same with Maine. Uh, I, I'm looking it up right now, but Maine, after 2016, changed some things, and they have a thing that's like the ranked choice voting. Um, it, they introduced ranked choice voting in 2020. And essentially it allows... Um, here we go. Essentially, it means that the if you allow Trump on the ballot, it changes these elections because they've changed their own laws. And so there is an absolute value to Democrats to keep Trump off the ballot in individual states because they changed their own laws to try and keep Trump off the ballot in 2016. And now they're worried that or to keep Trump out of office in 2016, and those same things they changed in 2016 and 2020 might now come back and bite them in the ass. And that is why I think that there are these efforts underway. It's not about, oh, Maine's going to go toward to Donald Trump. That was never going to happen. But in both, and same with Colorado. Like, Colorado was blue in 2020. It's probably going to be blue again. But if you keep Trump off the ballot, it's that many popular, national popular votes that he can't get in the end, even if he even if, so, if he wins all the electoral college, he still might not have enough popular votes. It could change things. So there are, I think, very there are real legal electoral reasons why they're doing this beyond just simply fight and keeping him off the ballot. Yeah. So it looks like, to your point, it looks like mm-hmm. um, the attempt here is to get enough states signed on to this uh, national popular vote interstate compact to reach 270, which is the threshold for the winner. And right now uh, they currently have 205 electoral votes that have, uh, have enacted the Mm -hmm. um, national popular vote. So, so whoever wins the popular vote, regardless, bam, you're going to give all of your electoral votes that dude, I want this to happen so bad. Because, like, looking at the map right now, because I kind of forgot about this, but looking at the map right in, I, I feel like I feel like there's a kill switch here. I think I think it's like one of those like, oh, they have to like you know they have to enact it. Like it's not an automatic thing. But you have Washington, Oregon, and California. What if Trump wins the popular vote? No fucking way that those that there's yep. no way that those states send over well we have to go to trump because we signed this interstate they're gonna be like no forget about that no we're not doing it nope 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 like they're they're immediately gonna run away from it exactly and and the entire point i think hilarious and it's it's so stupidly defiant of well really everything and and it's it's so indicative of how pathetic the Democrat, the great things that somebody like Trump really brought. Now it's like, no, they, they really are, though. And everyone's going, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. That is actually happening in real life. There are a lot of people that are like, yeah, I should have. How many times actually? Because, Alan, you've you've traveled a little bit and visited old friends and stuff. You've had instances yeah. where people are kind of like, Meh, I should have listened to you. Oh, yeah. I, it, it seems like a lot of people are on the same page as I am. And most people just don't know what to do about it. 
Yeah. And it's, but it's, it's a very good thing that we are seeing this and seeing some of the tactics that they tried. But the point that I was going to make, um, oh, apparently there's a problem with the stream. That's interesting. I wonder if it froze up. Oh, dear. Oh, let me take a look, folks. Um, we're doing it live. Um, let me actually pull up the stream and see what's going on. Because I did get a notification that, like, my... So, let me see. Still running. Um, everything looks like it's still running, but I did get a notification that, like, stuff was kind of getting bogged down, and I wasn't really sure why. Um, mm. But let me, let, you know, let's let's calm everything down a little bit and... And it looks like it did like a weird disconnect because uh, it may have gone to the music. Let me pull it up. You're going to hear some back back channel. One simple um, but brilliant trick oh, to heat your home in 90 ad. seconds and so save thousands cool. of dollars on your heating bill this winter. Because, of course, there's going to be music. Let me pull it up. You're oh, going to hear some back. Oh, back I hear channel. me. So, I, yeah, maybe we're back. Um, All right. Well, I, 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 I certainly hope we are. Sorry, I'm going to message everybody in the chat. I don't know what's going on, but uh, hopefully hmm. hopefully it's good. I don't well, know. That's very unfortunate. I hope yeah. things fine. Because I can hear it. I don't know. It's, just, it's 2024. It's going to be weird. Stuff's going to get weird. Um, but one of the, the points I was making is, you know, things I believe... I, I think that that's a good sign. They see they see Trump as a threat. This isn't this whole like, oh, the Democrats really want him because he's so bad. And obviously, I think that it's another uh, another thing to point out that um, they don't apparently think that their legal actions are going to be very successful. Because why wouldn't you think that that was the kill shot? You know, Donald Trump's why facing would, like 93. Think, no. Like the Democrats are looking at this as he's facing like 93 indictments. So shouldn't shouldn't oh, that just sure. you know shouldn't that just be a uh, shouldn't that be the kill shot? But no, now that now you have these secretaries of state and whomever trying to remove him from the ballot. So doesn't look like it looks like they're losing faith in the legal actions too. Uh, they easily could be. <clears throat> I mean, it, potentially the worry is that the legal actions won't stop him from becoming president, or that he'll be able to become president before the legal actions can take course because these things take time yeah and that's terrifying but at the same time uh you know in in the same in the same guys and all of that uh so that that happened yes the courts are going to kick it out but i think that there needs to be there needs to be a bit of a change and this is one of the reasons why i like the idea of a trump vengeance arc um because you know he gets elected president of the united states there's a hundred percent going to be like, okay, what were all the tactics that were used by these people? What kind of evil did they try to do to basically make it to where they were able to dictate who got to be elected? Okay. I'm going to punish those people because remember they're trying to send Donald Trump to jail right now, mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. just for being Donald Trump. Do you not think that when he gets elected, he's not going to turn around and be like, oh, okay, like game on. You violated the Constitution. I'm now going to make that, I don't know, a criminal offense. I mean, fingers crossed. I w- you would hope so, right? I Like, I don't know. 
if I was Trump, I would be so pissed off that just the next four years of my presidency would just be scorched, scorched earth. Uh, most certainly. I think any, na- any rational person would. I'd... And, and I don't, I, I don't see that as a, a bad potential thing. Potential for that. I just would worry that he would get into office and he'd have too many advisors saying, well, Mr. President, you need to really, you know, tone down the rhetoric so we can be a president for all Americans. And I, that would be t- far too tempting than pursuing righteous vengeance. Now, I, I totally understand your concern there. I just, I, I feel like it's gone too far. I don't know. Like you, Every advisor in the world could tell you that. And you're like, no, fuck these people. <laughs> oh, well, certainly. I guess all, all I'm saying is it's one of those things that we can hope that that happens, but... I think that there needs to be a second plan if that doesn't. Well, and that's the well, that's the worst part too, though. Is like, if I'm being honest here, and Trump's able to get into office and turns around and is like, I'm not going to viciously pursue the people who have wronged me for like the last eight years, then he should mm-hmm. probably be looked at for sainthood <laughs> because that's insane. Like, I literally can't fathom how he isn't just solely going. Like, part of me is like, I kind of hope he administrates the state a little bit, too, instead of solely going on a revenge arc. (laughs) Like, like I kind of hope other things get done and he isn't. But at the same time, because this is this is the other battle that other candidates are going to be facing in this primary is the fact that if Trump goes on basically a scorched earth campaign against the people who wronged him. It doesn't hurt us. It only helps us. Well, certainly regular Americans would be well served to have a pissed off Donald Trump completely gutting the disgusting bureaucrats who weaponized the government against the American people. Cause that's what happened. The American people voted for Donald Trump to be president. Over the four years of his presidency, the American government weaponized itself against the will of the American people. Then following that, they continued to weaponize it, not only against Trump, but his supporters. They made it a crime to support someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, yesterday was January 6th, and thank God it was on a weekend so the liberals couldn't sit there weeping on television in front of the country all damn day. Uh, I mean, they tried. They still did it, but nobody watched, right? Uh, But, like, thank God we didn't have to be exposed to that during a damn weekday. We had Everybody had better things to do and lives to live. Uh, But, you know, we're always going to have to reference back to that for a while as to... Literally people walking into a building and being arrested, hunted down by the fucking FBI. Yeah. It's insane. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, with that, talking about the new year in 2024, and we'll get into primary stuff and some of the recent news stories in the next hour, but... People really like to do 2024 predictions. And I'm not asking to do predictions per se. But what I do want to talk about is there have been several people, and I agree, that have said that they feel like there's going to be some sort of black swan event in 2024. Specifically, Catherine Herridge, who's a very um, well, well well-respected reporter in CBS News that is somehow actually good and keeps her job. I don't know how, but... She's that that's her big thing is just she has this feeling that there's going to be some black swan event. And I agree 
But I would add to that, it's not just a regular Black Swan event. I feel like there's going to be a Black Flag event in 2024. Oh. Interesting. Well, we'll get into this a little bit more. But the, the Biden administration has been openly lying to the American people. Um like about everything. Like we're going to get into economics numbers and they've just lied their ass off. Like literally the president of the United States goes out and is like, everything's great. Everyone's lying to you. Everybody's lying. They're just lying liars. Nobody's reporting the truth except for us. We're the only truth and the economy's great. And then you see jobs numbers and everything. And you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> like <laughs> how are you so bad at this? Uh, but the, the, it, well, so there's that. And then it's just, Joe Biden is also staring down a lot of scandal. So mm-hmm. his survival definitely hinges on a lot of stuff. Like he, he, he needs to remain president until he dies or his family might go to jail. Very true. And for like very, very big charges. I mean, that is a very real thing because that we have to calculate that into this fear quotient as well is there's zero way that Trump doesn't go after Biden. That's a, that's 100 percent going to happen. He is going to prove that Biden's corrupt. But at the same time. It's I don't know, it's it. I think that the I think the government's going to do some shit. I think that the Biden regime is going to do some shit. I think I don't know if it's going to be them trying to get us into a war. Um, I don't know if it's going to, you know, maybe, maybe they'll try another pandemic. I have no idea, but the gut, I, what I, what I will say is the Biden government is going to try to pull some shit to ensure that Biden stays in power. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what that looks like, but Alan, do you have any thoughts? I think that things are just, I think that there is some event that's going to happen and we are primed for it to happen. And it is very difficult to know what it's going to be and what form it's going to take. But at the same time, the economic instability that I feel like we're just kind of skirting around, but is definitely latent. You have wars in Ukraine, you have you have the whole situation in Gaza. You have this growing animosity with the Chinese. You have the Russians that now furiously hate us and are working. I'm sure there's a, a, probably a million people in Russia that are doing nothing but trying to think of ways to hurt the United States. You have all of these countries looking at how the United States has acted over the last now probably 12 years and going, these people can't be trusted with power. They need to be stopped. And so I feel like at minimum... There is a lot of, there's got to be a lot of more people now worldwide than there were 12 years ago looking at the United States and going, oh my gosh, they, anything we can do to diminish their power is going to be good for us. So that's not great. And eventually someone's going to be successful at that. And additionally, you have all of our own politicians that are seemingly working to destroy the United States. You have the climate change people. You have mass, this mass immigration across the southern border. Insane mass immigration, the likes of which we've never seen. That that alone is going to cause a level of chaos. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. When does something, when does that cause something relatively catastrophic? Hmm. Something's going to happen there, and I, we don't really know what it is. And 
I guess, uh, so I think, yeah, I think we are absolutely primed for things to get more tenuous and desperate in 2024 than they have been. And that's not necessarily great. I'm not excited about that. But it seems like we are primed for some for things to get worse because it seems like there's it also seems like there's no efforts being made to make things better, to pull us away from the cliff. Even if Trump wins, I mean, I, I hope Trump wins because I would want Trump and people that are on my side in control of the levers of power if things go sideways. But at the same time, I mean, even if he's in charge, there's a long way for us to fall. And it seems like we are basically primed for that to happen. Something's going to happen, I guess. At the end of the day, I feel like something catastrophic is is going to happen that will radically change kind of how everybody looks at, I don't know, maybe not radically, maybe it's not going to be crazy. I'm not saying that, well, the world's going to end, but at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if the situation in the United States got suddenly more weird and desperate. Well, and let's, um, let's play, uh, let's, let's play another game, something that I think a lot of people skirt around, but they don't really directly want to talk about and that is um what do you think the likelihood is that um donald trump gets assassinated in 2024 uh less it's certainly more than zero (laughs) yeah right but like i wouldn't be shocked if somebody tried yeah i i i think that I think that there's going to be a very serious attempt. And I think that, um, I mean, obviously we know that there's crazy people who want it to be successful. So I think that there's going to be a very serious attempt at the same time. um, I wouldn't be wholly shocked if people in the government uh, weren't Mm. involved in that attempt. Yeah, me neither. I wouldn't be shocked at all. You know, like all of a sudden we find out that like, you know, there's a big swap out of uh, the Secret Service detail or something. And oh, my gosh, he just so happened to be looking the other way. And, oh, you know, I, it's just it's, it's just one of those things of like, of course they would. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I sit is like, of yeah. course they would. Um, Just something I wanted to, you know, I wanted to put that on paper. But since we are talking about elections and it's 2024 and we've got, you know, Honestly, what is it? Uh, let's see. And so today's the seventh, and that means that a week from Monday, a week from tomorrow, we are having the Iowa caucus, the Hawkeye Cockeye, uh, which is a weird race. Right. So we, we we've got to talk about it. Um, you know, we're we're going to be heading into the caucus, and it's it's going to be a very interesting time. Right now, national polls using I use real clear politics because they do an aggregate of polls, so it's the best we've got. Um, right now, Donald Trump nationally, sixty-two point seven percent. His number two nationally is Nikki Haley at eleven percent, Ron DeSantis in third at ten point nine. So nationally, right. it's Donald Trump. Now, yeah, the Iowa caucus, and this is this is the weird thing. The caucus is a weird animal. 
So it's it's going to look real weird when we when we talk about um, going into this because first of all, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to hedge here. I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to hedge for a Trump loss, but at the same time. The Iowa caucus very rarely actually picks the person who becomes the presidential nominee uh, because they're they're a weird mm-hmm. state. And the way that a caucus works is people all vote. And then if somebody doesn't make a threshold, then what happens is their, uh, uh, another campaign tries to get those people to then vote for their candidate. And then they come out and they award a winner and then they can kind of divide up votes, you know, first place, second place, third place. And they divide sure. up their fucking whatever's. Uh, their points for it in the GOP caucus. That's how a caucus works. That's all totally fine. But it's just, it's not a direct vote. So that's the problem I'm trying to say. And I'll get to that in a second. Right now, Donald Trump is at 51.3. Second place is Ron DeSantis at 18.6. And third is Nikki Haley at 16.1. What's interesting is... Let me see if I can zoom in on this because I have I have a feeling I could just make a guess, but I want to try to pretend like I'm being responsible. There's been a peak. Yep, there it is. There's been a peak in Donald Trump's approval ratings in Iowa. He's started increasing on the 11th of December and has continued to go up while Ron DeSantis has been decreasing, as has Nikki Haley. And the question has to be, okay. well, what happened? And it's when they started trying to take him off the ballots. <laughs> like everything that they do to go after Trump makes him more popular. There's people, Republicans especially, identify with this guy getting beat up by the left because Republicans feel like they are constantly getting beat up by the left. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's so funny to me. Actually, what's interesting is there's been a slight spike to Ramaswamy. I mean, he's way down there. He's not. He's at 5.9, but he like peaked up a little bit. That's kind of neat. Anyway, <clears throat> now, is it possible that Donald Trump doesn't get first place in the Iowa caucus? That's actually entirely possible. You cannot take polls like this and guess a caucus. That's just how it works. It's entirely possible. But at the same time, the only person that becomes, I would think, even slightly a problem if they get first place in the Iowa caucus is actually Nikki Haley. And it's definitely not Ron DeSantis. I think it's over for Ron. And oh, sweet, yeah. sweet Ron. Well, you know, it it sucks. It would have been early on. I would have been totally fine if it was a two way race between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. And we would have to just have a primary and people would have to pick and the candidates would have to present to us why they thought they were better than the other one. And we would be able to make a sober, good decision. That's not what happened Mm -hmm. at all, mostly because other campaigns just were fucking terrible. I mean, God, they were so bad. Um, And on top of that, it just it got stupid because not even from the campaigns themselves, but Nikki Haley has almost no social media which is amazing, by mm-hmm. the way. She's doing well, basically not being on social media. And part of that's because she at least had good consultants in some aspects. 
terrible for her political answers, although maybe good for donors. I don't know. Um, but terrible for her political answers. But so far, the way she's been running her campaign, I mean, she's running circles around Ron DeSantis, which is fucking bananas. Like, that's actually more embarrassing. I don't care about what Ron DeSantis' <laughs> numbers are. I'm embarrassed by the fact that he is losing to Nikki Haley. And the reason why I say that when when I say that it's it's going to be a problem if she wins the Iowa caucus is because the next uh, the next votes that happen are the New Hampshire Republican primary. That's where voters go to the polls. And so that means that polling actually matters. Donald Trump is at 46.3 in the polls. Nikki Haley's at 24.8 and has had almost the same trajectory up as Trump. So she's coming out mm, of the woodwork. What that means is she's probably going to get second place in New Hampshire. Okay, that's still second place. Totally understand. But she's going to be gathering points all along the board. And sure. then everything goes to South Carolina, which is the next in the row. And that's the final one that we're going to care about as far as polling goes. And you have Donald Trump at 52 and Nikki Haley at 21.8. Now, still second place. There's no place where she's in the lead. But mm-hmm. Nikki fucking Haley is number two. That's a problem. Yeah. But I'm worried. <laughs> a quarter of almost a quarter of Republicans are supporting Nikki Haley. Or there's some sort of weird bend because she's got like Coke brother money. I don't know, man. But that that is really concerning for me. I think a lot of people like Nikki Haley because they don't really know anything about Nikki Haley other than what they've they Nikki Haley gets very good um, play on the news. And a lot of people, especially boomers and the relatively uninformed, look at Nikki Haley and they don't know why they like her, but they like her. Like, oh, she's a brown woman and that matters to a lot of people on East, even on the right. And I think a lot of people get really excited about Nikki Haley because they think like, oh, she's a brown woman and she's got all this experience and she's so great. And they don't know why. I've asked people and they're like, well, I like Nikki Haley a lot. Why do you like her? Well, because she's just such a straight shooter with just great, good head on her shoulders. And I think a lot of people like I think Nikki Haley is essentially the AstroTurf candidate. And that matters. That means something. And that's going to cause like she's going to get a bunch of play and traction because the system wants her to be Trump's vice president. So so that they can have an influence in the Trump presidency. I remember. So my my dad thought Nikki Haley was hot. And this is years and years and years ago when her political arc was during the Obama years. Um, yeah. And my dad was like, oh, this Nikki Haley, Ooh, she's a looker like he he totally thought she was hot. And my dad, I think, liked Nikki Haley because she was hot. And at the same time, the Fox News boomer con people remember that there was a huge PR campaign around Nikki Haley. People kind of wanted her to run for president in 2016. 
Um, sure. You know, because they saw her as South Carolina's governor and they were really impressed with her and whatever. And that's part of the reason why she got brought in as the UN ambassador, because she was she mm-hmm. did provide some gravitas to the campaign um, to the Trump administration. I mean, so, yeah, it makes sense. And so I think you're right. I, I, I think that I might dive into these numbers a little too much and be like horrified by them. But in reality, it's probably just ignorant boomers that are like, well, Nikki Haley's always been kind of a good one. And they don't yeah. like, they don't live, which by the way, I think, I think that that's another calculation that we need to be responsible with. No one else is, but that's the fact that I don't think anyone's watching any of these fucking events that these people are putting on. I would agree. Like, like we see speeches all the time when we're sitting on X, we're like, we, we'll see it. And it's like, here's the dumb thing Nikki Haley said today. And we're like, yeah, nobody saw that. So I sit here and go, how the hell could you support this person and go, oh, yeah, because you haven't seen any of this. You don't realize how dumb this person is, which that's not (laughs) good. But at the same time, eh, you know, people don't have all day to sit on, you know, older people aren't going to sit on X all day looking at like Nikki Haley saying stupid shit. Right. So I guess I, I, I do understand it. And it does come down to. I mean, I'm certain, right? Like Iowa caucus occurs. We're going to start seeing ads being pushed out. And that's where these like older voters, these boomer cons and stuff are going to hear the dumb things that like Nikki Haley said, because Trump's campaign a hundred percent is going to be like Nikki Haley thinks that, uh, you know, that the government should be able to read all of your emails. (laughs) That won't be exactly what she said, but it's close enough, you know? (laughs) Right. So yeah, that's 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 kind of why I feel like Nikki Haley is going mm-hmm. to be pushed um, ahead of the of the election season because a lot of people look at her and go, "Well, she's kind of hot," and she, she's got, like she has a, a lot of positive qualities that the news will pick up on, and then they will use it as a foil of like, "Well, she's you know you know Trump should really pick her because she's just so smart." Who do you who do you think should be VP? I don't know. I think I should be VP. No, you think you should be president. Why the fuck would you want to be VP? Well, I mean, if you had to pick anybody, I'd pick me. (laughs) (laughs) The only person I agree with all the time is me. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, you, you, no, no idea. No idea. There's a lot of people out there. I don't have a really, I don't really know who should be VP. Here's, I mean, here's, Alex Jones would be great. That's that would never happen, but it would be hilarious. It certainly would be. Can you just imagine him in the Senate, like just start screaming from like the like at the top of the Senate chamber, and he's like, "You're a goddamn demon!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'd be it'd be hilarious. Like banging the gavel, silence, demon. Oh, that'd be so funny. Um, yeah. My fear for. Mm-hmm the Trump campaign is not, not Nick. I mean, I'm afraid of Nikki Haley. Like I don't want somebody like that, but it's the same concern that they're going to end up doing something dumb, like picking like Byron Donalds. Now I don't know a lot about Byron Donalds. He's a representative from Florida. He's pretty supportive of Trump. He's kind of made the news rounds recently. I don't know a lot about him because he's sort of a fresh-faced senator. Or not senator, I'm sorry. Fresh-faced congressman. But he's black. 
And I feel like that's going to, wow. like, I feel, yep, I feel like that's going to happen. Here's the problem. What, what I really mean by that is if Donald Trump picks a woman or a minority, I'm immediately going to be suspicious. <laughs> and that's just, yeah. but that's the world we live in. I'm going to immediately be suspicious and be like, oh my God, are you picking them? Because then you get to be the fucking oh, first black male VP, blah, you know, that kind of yeah. shit. No, or, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Or is it because they're qualified? And of course, I hate to say it, everybody on, you know, team, everybody solidly on team Trump is going to try to tell me how fucking qualified this person is. And the reality is, is like, we're all going to know unless like if he picks a woman and it's like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll be like, all right, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's never going to happen. Not. He's not going to pick her. Right. But that would right. be the only I one. That I'd be like, well, no, she's more of a risk, not a diversity hire. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it would make sense if he picked Ron DeSantis. There's a couple of reasons why I say that. Number one, I actually mm-hmm. do think Ron DeSantis is a good politician. 100%. I think he's good at his job, sure. and I do actually think he's honest. I think his campaign sucks, and I think the low-rent hangers-on on social media that surround uh, that, that, that use him as a cudgel are pieces of shit who need to be excised out. But that's not Ron's fault. He didn't create those people. <laughs> They're just shitheads sure. that followed onto him because they hate Trump and Trump supporters. I think right. he would be a fantastic vice president. Now, another sure. reason why I like the idea of DeSantis being the pick for VP is because I want to see all of the assholes that love Ron DeSantis on social media have to accept that Donald Trump has to win for Ron DeSantis <laughs> to be the vice president. Oh, that'd be, that'd and, be fun. And likely become the president of the United States in 2028. I want to see them have to fucking seethe and accept that they need Donald Trump to win. That would be pretty funny. So it's selfishness. <laughs> But it's also good. It's it's two good things. I get my I get my uh, my <laughs> I get my excitement of having to watch these people implode on themselves because they're saying that they would never vote for Donald Trump for president, and then Ron DeSantis becomes VP, the pick for VP, and they have to accept that, and I have to watch it. But also, it is I think probably the surest way that we also have twenty twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. And 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 a continuation of the agenda because there is not a lot of con I think part of the reason why DeSantis is doing so poorly in the primary is because there isn't really that much of a difference between him and Trump. Yeah, I believe like, that. Po- that when yeah, you no, get down exactly, into the policy. That's my been my take the whole time is, is like well, why would I vote for Ron DeSantis? Like, well, he's just so great. Eh, all right. It seems fine. Like is he different than Trump? Well, uh, he abs- he absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like, then why would I vote okay. for him? Okay. <laughs> what, what, policy, what policy of his is going to be different? And then I, I'm told by the DeSantis campaign, well, it'll be different in this way. I don't really want it that. Like, I don't like that. Like, yeah. Like, it'll be different in this way. Well, but that's not better. Yeah. He won't. Uh, he will absolutely not pardon anybody from January 6th. Like, oh, but, uh, but I want that, though. Like that. That's a thing that I would be very, very pro if he did that. Yeah, it was like, very. Well, but he won't. Like, mm, 
I'm well, not, to be fair, uh, they don't. Excited here. They don't necessarily. Well, at least not that I know of. They don't necessarily say that he won't pardon anybody from January six. But certainly this week he is on. He did a, a town hall for CNN where he where he was asked, "Was the insurrection on January six patriotic?" And he answered, "No." Not a really great position to take, DeSantis. Basically, because you were fed that by CNN, and he should have been smart. This is the problem. He's just too fucking nice. (laughs) Because he got fed that line. He should have been sitting there at CNN, like, ready to be fucking mad. And when they were like, was the uh, January 6th insurrection patriotic? And he could have easily... Just been like, well, first of all, it wasn't an insurrection, and we all know that. That's just some bullshit line you all made up. Like, come on, let's be honest here. It was a bunch of older people walking. That's not. That's an insurrection. You know, we we had to yeah. sit through BLM. Blah, blah. He could have done all of that, but instead, he he wasn't being combative. He was trying to look gracious and presentable, and they fucking owned him. Which is what the DeSantis campaign constantly claims the left did to Trump all the time. But then I see somebody like fucking DeSantis that can't even handle being on a CNN town hall and basically just said he didn't doesn't know he did but in front of a CNN audience he number one accepted the premise that January 6th was an insurrection dumbass and the number two was like oh absolutely not it was a terrible day for America okay well fuck you to democracy you so much like dude who do you who are you convincing with this yeah exactly great you just gave like fucking fap juice to liberals oh i'm so proud of you like uh, yeah exactly it's the like well why why am i supposed to be excited about this guy yeah this guy doesn't seem to be like on my side yeah and i think he is i just think he's an idiot i think he's dumb and he was trying he was trying to look what are you doing he was trying to look at, you know, like, oh, I'm just a good old guy. Gee, shucks. Come on, guys. Like, let's get away from that 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 silly Trump stuff where he's just so mean all the time. And it's like, not nah, you're going to need to be mean because we're at war, dumbass. Yeah, that's that is a thing. It's like, dude, these people will not treat you well because yeah. you're on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so. That, I guess again, I, like that's what I've been, just been shocked by is this assertion that DeSantis is not going to be attacked by like Trump. Mm. Everything Trump did is Trump's fault, and he's such a big old mean, meany, mean, mean bad man. Yeah. When I don't know, I just they, I, they, I never care about this. <laughs> they tried to put George W. Bush in jail for war crimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like same yeah. people. Come on, guys. Like <laughs> it's. <laughs> it well, wasn't unique to Trump. Like, the, like he was, he was never going to win. I think he was pushed artificially by people that hated Trump, which are, are automatically makes me suspicious. And maybe it was I to mean, get uh, him out of the way. Yeah, and honestly, who would I want to see as vice president? Really, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he says all the things I want to hear. Yeah, I don't know if he actually believes it. I don't know if he would take action against things, but. He talks more radically than anyone else in the running, including Trump, and that kind of radical thinking where he completely refutes. Like, it seems as though, if Ramaswamy is being honest about his true beliefs, it seems as though the hold of the liberal, kind of the neoliberal ideology is not present in him. He's seen through the illusion and hates these people. And those are the people that I think should be in charge. 
I want people that hate. I want people that have an absolute righteous hatred for the left and what they're doing to completely destroy this country because those are the only people I can trust to do what is necessary to save it. Now, regardless of if Ramaswamy believes the things he says or if it's an act or all the other accusations. Yeah, I don't know. The man uh, maybe. is a gift because the Overton window is being pushed and the subjects are being discussed. Regardless yeah. of him, the person, and this this goes further than just Ramaswamy, but he's a very good example here. The fact that he is bringing this stuff up and it is being talked about is good. It is mm-hmm. absolutely good. Yes, I agree. And yeah, I'm not gonna yeah I, I I'm not gonna be upset about it. I think it's fantastic. I think he's great. Um, if Ron DeSantis talked. Like Vivek Ramaswamy, Trump would be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I completely agree. I think that was DeSantis's biggest fault was he was trying to be too much like Trump while also being too nice. Yep. And it was a it was a bad reading of what the electorate actually is looking for. Yeah, it's what the consultants want, but it's certainly not what the voters want. Agreed. So now on to some recent news i surprised alan with this even and so i might surprise some of our audience with this but um there was a school shooting and you might be asking yourself how the hell did you not hear about it it happened on thursday and Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know by news coverage which seems kind of bananas like it's a it's election season you know uh biden would love to take all of your guns away so why why not this one how come how come they're not talking about it? It was a school shooting. A kid got killed. There was like one kid killed and five people yeah. five injured. But no no one's um no one's talking about it. Surely we should so use strange. this as a reason to ban AR fifteens or whatever. Yeah. I mean it, even even though an AR fifteen wasn't used, but that's not why they're ignoring it. Yeah. They're ignoring it because the shooter was trans. Oh, another trans shooter. It well, a- I wonder if they're gonna hide the manifesto this time. Well, that's where it gets kind of interesting. So it was another trans shooter. Um, His name was Dylan. I've got it somewhere. Dylan McFaggy Pants. (laughs) No, uh, there there it is. Okay. Um, So it was at Perry High School in Iowa, which makes me suspicious. Like Iowa, right before the caucus. Oh, interesting. Okay. Anyway, his name was Dylan Butler. Uh, he, uh, identified as he, them was, you know, biologically male, I believe identified as he, them, and had made a lot of comments on things like Reddit, which I thought only boomers went to these days. Um, but was on, you know, making comments on pages about like transitioning and sharing things like love your trans kids on Instagram all sorts of other stuff. Anyway, point is trans. Um, in fact, also uh, took a photo of himself in the school bathroom just before the shooting with the blue duffel bag that carried the shotgun and handgun that he Any, used and just posted. What now was the age wait. of this shooter? Uh, 17 years old. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 17 years old. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a trans. It was it was a, a trans kid, and from the this is a, a little bit of the press conference. Wait a minute. 
never mind. I just checked mm-hmm. something on that and it is not the same thing. Um, so I'm trying to see something because people, people have been t- discussing the mm-hmm. fact that he chose something. He chose another. Uh, he chose this site because it was a gun free zone. Uh, but people right. are yeah. kind As of per usual. Yeah. Um, the point is, is yeah, it disappeared. The, the 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 real the real news here isn't that it happened it's that it disappeared and you don't know about it and it's because it was a trans shooter and it would be the same thing if the shooter wasn't white it has to be a white male if it's a white male mm-hmm. then it's a then, then it's a national crisis which means that it's not about any of the things that they say it's about it's not about the guns it's not about the kids dying it's not about any of that shit it's, it's about all, the fact that we have a society full of mentally ill people who are increasingly mentally ill. Well, but what I mean is for the activists who are supposed to be like screaming, like your thoughts and prayers don't matter. Well, we need legislation. Yeah. We need action. Obviously that they don't actually care about any of that. They just want to make white men look bad. Basically it's the continuation of the yeah. war against yeah. white men. Right. You're right. It's, it's the war against their enemies. We are their enemies, and they use things like mass shooting, which their own society is creating a society full of sick people. We're not doing this. White conservatives aren't doing this. Yeah, Their own sick society is creating these people, and then they're using that as a cudgel to beat us with, to disarm us, so that they can continue to, well, to disarm us, so they can destroy us, is basically the idea. So what and you're saying here is acceptable to hate them for that. <laughs> well, so what you're saying here is yeah. that the left is constantly using the monsters that they they themselves create as a method to oppress yeah. us. Fascinating. Oh, it's the same as when they when they use gun violence statistics. It's like, well, we're going to stop policing the inner cities and just let black people do as much crime as possible. Right. Like, okay. And then it's like, oh my gosh, there's this up. There's the most amount of. Oh, in 2021, I believe, which is the most, and I, th- I think the numbers are consistent, is uh, up till now is the state of Washington had the most number of murders it ever counted after it defunded the police. And I think each year has topped the last since 2021. And the response from the people, from the government of Washington is, well, we just got to get all these guns off the street and use it as an excuse to push more gun control. It's like, oh, so you just, it's, it's actually right out of the Saul Alinsky playbook, which is create a problem, offer the solution, and that is how you can use it as a political ratchet to continually increase pressure on your enemies. <coughs> like the, uh, the the quote from the Saul Alinsky book, which was, I think, uh, Obama's favorite book, Rules for Radicals, uh, the, I believe the quote is something, the reaction is the, uh, the action is the reaction. So the goal of what they do of the goal of the left and a lot of the things they do since they follow this playbook is to, they want to create a reaction that they can capitalize on, which is, it's sort of the beat the dog until it bites uh, kind of ideology. It's the same as all of these pro Gaza protests that are blocking roads and blocking streets and causing all this chaos and blocking access to airports and things. A lot of that I think actually is the pro Israel left 
hijacking that movement going, I know, we can easily get all these dumb activists in the street to do a bunch of things that normal people hate, and we will inevitably cause a reaction against the Palestinians and their cause that will be along the lines of what we want. And I think you saw the same thing with Black Lives Matter. Remember when Black Lives Matter would basically block traffic, do all these things, be a huge nuisance to people? The goal was to create this reaction where maybe we'll get a white guy that mows down a bunch of black people in a car. Maybe we'll get another James Fields, like from the Unite the Right rally, where we have a, we have this kid who just showed up at this, this rally. A bunch of Antifa people threatened him with guns, as they have since on camera admitted to threatening the guy threatening james field in his car with firearms and breaking the windows of his car he then terrified floors it runs into a crowd that is now considered evidence for the horrors of white supremacy right it's action and reaction and that is how these people think which is how we need to think when we evaluate what they're pushing and what's going on in the world right and well yeah yeah and it's 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 funny because and i i do think that amazingly a lot of the same people who are trying to claim that they are terrified to send their kids to school because of pro hamas um marchers and protesters also funded the same groups yep. like they funded black lives matter which yep. many of these activists were all members of. They funded, yes. you know, they they supported and ran top cover for Antifa saying they were, you know, the the, the same the same liberals that said this is a an idea this is an idea not not a uh, not an organization. Like those right. same liberals all of a sudden um the ones that are at least the ones that are Jewish are like I'm afraid to send my kids to school. Mhm. And it's yeah. like you should be. You you destroyed it for everyone else. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad they're suffering consequences. Oh no, the bed I made is so uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but it it's good. You know, yeah, like good. It is good. It is good. I, I think the positive of all of this is because there is this the the ghouls like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Klaus Schwab, like these ghouls at the top that try to influence and push all this meddling i think inevitably their arrogance is going to bite them because you have all these people and it's like if you if you ask the average now increasingly radicalized black lives matter supporter who they leaned upon and created it's the golem that they created if you ask them uh what do you think of joe biden they'd be like oh he's a white guy so i hate him right Uh uh-oh oopsies we inadvertently created a legion of people that hate us and emboldened them with all these other things. If you asked a bunch of the Soros DAs, the DAs that got put in by Soros, like what they think of, and you pointed at some guy and said, oh, what do you think of that guy? Like, oh, that guy's an evil white guy. We should destroy him. You're like, well, that guy's Jewish. You're like, oh, I wouldn't have known just by looking at him. Right. And so this idea that they're going to be able to remain, like a lot of these people, like the Hillary Clintons of the world, the Joe Bidens of the world, the Klaus Schwabs, because they focus so much on the idea of we need to that your your race is essentially your uniform in the great struggle for the future. It's inevitably going to come back and bite them because they won't be able to control the monster that they're creating. Not well, yeah, and it's it, it, 
as much as I want to be annoyed, I think it's great. Like, oh, Chicago had problems with protesters. Good. You get what you vote for. LAX had problems with yeah. protesters. Good. You get what you vote for. Like at a certain point, it's like, yeah, I don't like it. I wanted to shut it down. But during Black Lives Matter, everyone told me to shut up and stop being racist. So pff, don't care. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely uh, an element of that. I think at the like the average Seattleite we, yesterday that we had, there was a big protest for the, you know, the, the, the people of Gaza and stop the violence, which in, in, hilariously is, was put on by a Jewish group. Um, the Jew was uh, Jews for the Jewish Voices for Peace uh, sponsored a big protest that shut down a major interstate that runs through Seattle, causing a whole bunch of traffic and chaos. Um, and that was pro Gaza, basically saying we're anti-Zionist Jews, even though it in the protests like that increase hatred for the enemies of the Zionist Jews. So I don't know what they're thinking there, um, but I suspect that a lot of people in Seattle, even if they ran into that, are like, I hate that there's this protest that makes it so I can't get to work or I can't get home from work or I now have to take a bunch of surface streets. It's a huge pain. Those people aren't going to suddenly vote Republican, but they're going to stop probably buying black, like putting up signs. They're going to go, Do, should I donate to the Democrat Party? They'll be like, nah, I'm just, I'm doing a bunch of stuff today. I don't know. Like, it's, it's okay. I, like, I think it's mostly it's going to be a drag on voter um, excitement. Like, you have all these people, they're going to vote for Biden 20, in 2024? Yeah, probably. Or maybe not. Because I think a lot of things, they're not going to, they won't get inconvenienced by a left-wing protest, Black Lives Matter or otherwise, and then suddenly vote for Trump. But what they might do is they might become a lot less outspoken. They might kind of be like, eh know about this whole thing i'm being asked to support like eh, i kind of am just going to withdraw and this is what i've seen my personal experience is people that are republican that i know ever since joe biden took office they have talked about politics and political things less and less and less and less i would guess because republican it's so embarrassing Democrat. for them they're not going to change their politics necessarily but they're kind of withdrawing from it which you mean, also means sorry. i think they are less susceptible to the manipulations of the media because they're not in a heightened emotional state anymore. They're kind of like, I'm just exhausted by this and I hate it and I'm bored and I don't like this at all. And so they're not tuning in to NPR and going, oh my glorbs, I just hate Trump so much. They're like, yeah, you know, I don't like Trump and all of it. I, I, I'm, I, gotta, I gotta do this remodel on my bathroom. That really is my core focus. I'm sure it'll work out. Like, I'm, yeah, Democrats will take care of it. Yeah. So that's... That's the, I think, the benefit of a lot of this is it saps the energy and excitement of America's Democrats. Like, the, just the Democrat voting American is, I think, more demoralized and just exhausted with politics than ever. Yeah, so it's an enthusiasm gap, which is my estimation yeah. when it comes to, um, you know, the, the upcoming election. Like, with Biden, I think that there's going to be a severe enthusiasm gap. Agreed. And, Very much so. Which is a great thing. you know. <laughs> um, at the same time, well, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that they have to, you know, eat their own protesters. For but sure. at, at the same point, there's, I don't want to take victories away from the right. And uh, I don't, that, that's not my intent with what I'm about to get into. But if I'm being honest, <clears throat> like 
So Claudine Gay was the president um, of Harvard and she got, she resigned. I don't want to say she didn't get removed. She resigned. She still has a job at Harvard, by the way. I don't want anyone to think that that equals really anything. Um, But she, she resigned after a lot of pressure. Um, Some of that pressure was due to, uh, some of the, the overall pressure was due to uh, releases by Chris Rufo and another guy named Bill Ackman, where they came out and were like, yeah, this woman has completely faked like her doctoral thesis was plagiarized. And then a bunch of other stuff that she had was plagiarized and yeah, big shock to nobody. Um, the problem is, is that, I understand the fact that it was a win in the idea that she left, but is she going to be replaced with somebody who doesn't push DEI shit? No. Is she going to, she was, she was hilariously replaced by um, a Jewish guy. She was basically fired because of her refusal to condemn Pro Gaza protesters at Harvard, right? Um, and hilariously, her replacement is a Jewish liberal, which is, I think, very funny. Yeah, well, and which, that's... which makes me wonder. It's like all of these you have these pro Hamas protesters at Harvard when they see the president of Harvard being fired after refusing to. Um, basically join the pro-israel side and then she's replaced by a jewish man i wonder how many of those pro gaza protesters at harvard are going to look at that and go well clearly that guy's also our enemy and is and is now they're going to be this rift between the leadership of harvard and this level of political activists they've been creating how many of them when when the new president of harvard says hey everybody like we should do this thing or not have these protests or change our language or adopt this new policy i wonder if he'll be able to do that or if there will be extensive pushback by both faculty and the activists in that they have enrolled i i don't know i feel like they're in a very bad situation because of that it's like there's no they're in a no-win situation it's kind of hilarious yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's just the the problem is is it's like they didn't they didn't care about the plagiarism. The pressure that got her removed was because she had a bad answer, and she angered she angered the wrong the she didn't okay. Everybody saw the congressional testimony. I know we played some of it on the show back when it happened, where like the four all female by the way heads of these universities. <clears throat> all gave really bad answers because it was so easy. Like at least Stefanik, no offense is not a hero for shouting. Is it okay? Is it a violation of your speech codes to like call for the genocide of Jews? I didn't even, I'm actually amazed that they thought that that would work, but then it did. So I guess I, I don't know, maybe I'll eat crow because like, that's just such a dumb, gay, and easy, easy question. But then they weren't able to answer it, which is b- insane to me. So I guess 
good for Elise Stefanik or bad for the, I don't know. I don't know who won in, in this stupid exchange, but all of them couldn't answer properly. And the reason why I believe is because none of these people knew whose side they were supposed to be on. Do you support the Jews or do you support the poor, oppressed brown people in Palestine? And they weren't sure which one was the right group to to support. They didn't know who they didn't know who won the oppression Olympics that day. That's the reality of why they couldn't answer that question, because there's obviously very easy ways you could answer that question either way, you know, but they were afraid because they didn't know who they could offend or couldn't offend or whatever. And so that's why they did such a bad, that's why their answers were so bad. Well, they've now figured out who won the oppression Olympics that day. And that's why they got fired. Or that's why they were pushed to resign. That's the reality of it. It's not because she plagiarized work. It's not because of any of that. It's certainly not because she's consistently pushed anti-white rhetoric. It's not because Harvard has uh, set up DE&I stuff. Like nobody asked for her to be removed because of their DE&I policies. Nobody's asking for uh, the new president of Harvard to change any of their psychotic liberal indoctrination that they're doing. No, she made Jews mad and Jews won the oppression Olympics that day. That's why she got, that's why she was forced to resign. And it's simple as that. I'm not saying not to take the victory and think it's great, but don't think that you can just keep doing this at universities and win because it's not the real reason why she was removed. Am I making any sense or did Alan literally die over how boring my statement was? Uh, no, I, I had I had to I muted myself to oh, okay, do okay. a thing, and I hadn't unmuted. But yeah, I think because it's it's always a victory when the people that we don't like suffer. That's great, uh, but it's not because she plagiarized, like you said. And I think that all of this is going to do this whole episode is just going to create more chaos among the left, which is great. Yeah, no, I it's fantastic. Love these people, it's like I think it is fantastic that there are increasing legions of left-wing people that are looking at say joe biden hillary clinton all these people and going yeah but you're white and i hate you for that that's great i want to see more division among this i want to see more people i want to see the barista at starbucks get fired because she supports palestine like i like that these that the more division among them there can be the better off we are yeah no, yeah, and that and that's certainly true. It's it's all a good thing, and like, yeah, let them eat themselves. I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't affect me like at all. Like, oh, you know, oh, a bunch of them like Palestine. Of course they do. Like, that's the least surprising. Yeah, a uh, uh, poor oppressed brown people. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's like liberal, you know, catnip. So makes sense. For sure. <clears throat> and then you know, Jewish people, they're gonna be like, oh, also oppressed. Okay. Well, and that's the problem is like, they all have to fight amongst one another over who's, who's the better. Like, I don't know. It's all virtue signaling nonsense. I don't care. Let them eat, eat, let them eat one another. Um, but just don't get stupid about it. You know, um, I, I get a little annoyed because I really do like to listen to political talk. Uh, it was something Mm -hmm. I grew up on and part of the reason why I started this program. I literally can't right now because of all the shilling about Israel, and it's fine if people want, you know, like I like 
terrorists, terrorists dying. Yeah. They, I used to be in the business of that, you know, and business was good. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I also like, I'm not a huge fan of the state of Israel, mostly because of the hypocrisy that, you know, every, every other country is, you know, not allowed to be an ethno state, but Israel gets some sort of special pass, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. and the amount of influence they have on American politics that I think is inappropriate. I don't think that, uh, American politics should be uh, uh, should be influenced by any foreign country, regardless of our status as allies. Like we wouldn't be comfortable if Britain was shoving a crap load of money at all of our politicians and then demanding that we took refugees from Britain. We wouldn't want that yeah. or refugees That'd from North Africa. So. Britain didn't have to take them, you know, <laughs> like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be okay with that. And nobody would call us weird for not being okay with that, but you're called a name if exactly. And I, I hate to say it, but, but because the state of Israel buys into the globalist nonsense and the WEF crap, um, I'm telling you that it, it's only a matter of time. And I've already seen it from some government officials in Israel, but they're going to try to get the United States to take Palestinian refugees. Cause let's be honest here. This isn't even a bad thing when it comes to Israel. If they can get rid of every single Palestinian, then it's a lot easier day for Israel. If they can get every Palestinian oh, to fuck off out of there, then they can just make it Israel and then they don't have a problem anymore. Well, they can't yeah. kill them all, or at least it seems pretty difficult at to kill all overtly. of them. Yeah, yeah, at least overtly. So instead, they're going to make them all refugees and then demand the West takes them. Yeah. I, I mean, Western countries have already said that they will happily take Palestinian refugees that are fleeing this horrible crisis. I think Germany said it. I believe the Britain has. I don't know about the United States. I don't know if officially that's been our policy yet, but it certainly is in the works. Yeah. And it's very, and it's just really annoying. I, I, yeah. Like, there's a lot of criticisms I have about Israel. I think the biggest thing I have is it's not even about the reality of the conflict. It's simply, I just hate the idea that I see pushed constantly of one day for no reason at all, the Palestinians didn't like, hated the Jews. Let's go, no, no, there's a very good reason that happened around 1946 that is ex- the entire reason why they hate the Jews. It's like the whole thing of, well, they've hated each other for thousands of years. Yeah, you can't tell me that if millions of Jews from Europe had immigrated, mass immigrated into Madagascar and set up a homeland there, I don't think there would be very much animosity between Palestinians just left alone in Palestine and the Jews. I don't think there'd be Muslim terrorism like going all the way to Madagascar just to kill Jews if they were separated. Yeah. I think that's just what annoys me is it's like that's very obviously the case. The creation of the state of Israel in what was land that would the that Muslims essentially had claimed for a thousand years. That's the nexus of the conflict so much more than any like long-term like racial di- hatred between the children of Abraham. Right. And I just don't like how that's not allowed to be part of the discussion. Well, and I mean, it's a debate that people really like to have, but in reality that, that entire maxim is there to get right wing evangelical Christians on board. Yeah, like they don't. The Jews don't care. Like they, 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 well, they don't. There is a component. Like, mm-hmm. is Islam an enemy of the West? Like, kind of. Yeah. I yeah. mean, 
but at the same time, if left alone, would we really have to worry about them? I, I'm, I don't think so. Like, I'd be perfectly happy leaving all of the Middle East exactly the way it is, as long as they weren't coming to our countries and causing problems there. Like, that, that's fine. Oh, no, they're bad to women and gays. You know what? I will happily sacrifice all the women and gays in the <laughs> Middle East to just not have to deal with these problems. <laughs> that's funny. Uh. Yeah, it's like, eh, like, we can only do so much. Everybody, All the same people that go, oh, America shouldn't be the world police, but my, oh, my glorbs, we have to go and protect, like, gay rights in Saudi Arabia. It's like, okay, well, we do, it's like, so we are the world's moral police force then. Like, uh, maybe we shouldn't be that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Or at I, least the thing is, that is up on the, that is on the dock, that is on the table to discuss. Right. That the moral decisions in various countries maybe shouldn't be our problem. And maybe it causes us a lot more grief than it solves by trying to insert ourselves in every single issue. Well, and, and certainly, you know, it's fine that Israel's going into Palestine and, and fighting back after the October 7th attack. I just don't know sure. if America has a component in that. Yeah. And, I, and I kind of feel like if Iran, say, if Iran wanted to invade Israel, I think the U.S. should still sit it out. Like, let them actually fight it out rather than just continuing this situation of lame detente. Where everybody just saber rattles and then the U.S. goes, well, okay, well, we'll come in with our million, billions of dollars and spend, give a bunch of foreign aid and a bunch. Of, it's like if Israel had to fend for itself, it might be a little bit more careful about its own policies. If Iran had to worry about getting, it's like there is an element where Iran doesn't act against Israel because of U.S. pressure. But at the same time, Israel also doesn't act against Iran because of U.S. pressure, mm -hmm. because the U.S. is just furiously trying to keep peace in the region. And I kind of think that that's to our detriment. It's like peace doesn't solve problems. War does solve problems. And there is an argument that if we were allowed to, if countries solved the problems between each other by going to war, then you don't have these low simmering conflicts that just last forever, continuously being a destabilizing influence. Well, and it's I don't know if that's the right solution in the Middle East today, but it's at least worthy to talk about. That if the U.S. removed itself from that equation, maybe things would actually work itself out in a way that's long-term stable rather than just relying on the United States to come in and clean everything up every single time. It's basically the um, when when they did the whole UN globalist nonsense post World War mm -hmm. II and everything where they're like, well, we did well, World War One, World War Two, where they're like, this can just never happen yeah. again. We basically sit there at low simmering conflicts, people constantly killing one another, but not officially going to war because every war will be a world war now. Like they literally, it's like they didn't actually fix anything at all. Yeah. They just like kind of hit it and swept it under the rug. And so people just murder one another constantly in these like little oh, yeah. shit conflicts that can never conflagrate into something larger. And that would solve the problem as we did, you know, for thousands of years prior to dumbass, you know, nation meddling. Um, well, and the war in Ukraine, great example. Mm -hmm. in may what was it may of when did that start 2022 has to be what? uh in the may of oh. 2022 like the in i think the invasion was a march february february oh 
February. Okay, invasion was February. In May of 2022, Russia had invaded Ukraine. Uh, Zelensky had met with the Russian delegation. They had a peace deal on the table that would was essentially Ukraine is now neutral in geopolitics. Russia is going to annex the Donbass region, which was already in open civil war against Kiev. And then all of that fighting would stop. Russia would withdraw its troops from the rest of Ukraine. Russia would expand into the Donbass region, but that civil war would end. Ukraine would be neutral and no more fighting would happen. And the United States and Britain got involved and meddled and basically pressured Zelensky to reject that peace proposal so that we could then spend billions of dollars and potentially hundreds of thousands of lives over the next couple of years in this meat grinder of Ukraine for the exact same outcome. Yeah. Like if we had just let the Ukrainians and Russians sort it out, it would have just gone, oh, and now Ukraine, oh, Ukraine lost some territory. But it was territory full of an ethnic group that didn't want to be part of their country and was an open revolt. Okay, that's no great loss for Ukraine. They already had lost those territories. And right. because the United States government feels this need to continuously meddle in world affairs without really asking is what's the long-term benefit, we now have, I think we're now in a much worse position and Russia's in a much better position. It could have just ended. Ukraine's gone. Ukraine is a dead country now. There's not enough people and men left in Ukraine to recover demographically, it, or at least on any sort of time frame. And of course, what's NATO going to do? Because like every Western country, they're going to have a mass immigration of people from the global south into Ukraine to be the new Ukrainians of new multicultural Ukraine. Historic ethnic Ukraine, the Ukraine that we were told everyone was fighting for, that might be dead and gone forever now. Yeah. Thanks, U.S. government. What a wonderful service you just did to, for those people. Yeah, much much democracy, great, great freedom. And none of this worked out to the benefit of the American citizens either. Yeah. It's, it's like all of this is everything that happens seemingly on the global stage is not only to our detriment, but to the pe detriment of the people involved. And the only people that win seemingly are the people that can insider trade defense stocks. Yeah, <laughs> like Nikki Haley. Um, <laughs> like Nikki Haley, for example. <laughs> well, that's going to have to be it for the show. Let us know what we missed in our 2024 recap. And uh, maybe I'll do a couple specials where I cover some of those subjects. It's sort of an apology for having been gone for a couple of weeks. But um, that's going to have to be it. Of course, you can always catch us every Sunday at noon streaming on rumble live you can also get this as a podcast it posts a little bit later in the day but you can listen to it on your ride to work and everything through any podcasting device and of course if you want to help support this program you can do so by going to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio it's 2.99 a month to help us keep the lights on and keep everything running somewhat smoothly um and uh, you also get access to our discord server where i think we have Ooh. the best community of political uh, analysts occasional Ooh. assholes and hilarious and wonderful analysis. In fact, one of our users, Nick, put out a wonderful spreadsheet actually that's tracking the national debt by president. It does it by GDP and accounts for inflation. And it is one of the most wow. fantastic resources for being able to actually see what's happened over uh, several different president administrations and get a real uh, encapsulation of just how bad 
the debt actually is and the ways to handle it. So I think that that's actually a really good resource. But this is just the kind of stuff that these people do. So they're fantastic and you should join. And it's only $2.99 a month. So it's totally worth it. Other than that, I'll see you guys next Sunday. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio.